Staples Show. Happy Labor Day. And today we're going to talk about a labor of love because we've got a guy on the show who I've wanted to have on for a long time because he did one of the coolest football things that you saw this year. And it actually goes back a couple of years. And I wanted to get him to talk about it because if you listened last week, you heard me and Max Olson raving about the RPPO and we have some definite ideas about the game of football and and some innovations but this is a guy who actually innovated within the game of football sam schwartzstein former stanford offensive lineman the guy who created the xfl's rules he created the xfl uh, kickoff which if you listen here and read my stuff you know it's one of my favorite football innovations of the last 20 years so sam how you doing Good. It's a pleasure to be on ass. I'm excited to finally get to be on ass. It's been a dream for me to be on ass. You're actually getting some ass right now, and that's that's good. I mean, it's really a dream of everyone's, and when we finally achieve it, you know, it's special. And we don't always tell everybody right away, but those closest to it, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to tell right after and this. Every listener is now one of my closest friends, so yes, of course. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, <laughs> Sam, I... I I wanted to start off by just encouraging everyone, if they haven't read it yet, go to your Twitter feed and read the thread that you started the day the XFL stopped operating. And it's and it's Schwartzstein S, at Schwartzstein S on Twitter, because you go through the whole process of getting hired by Oliver Luck and then basically being told what the job is and then how you came up with all these different rules and how you tested them and the data you used. And it's, it's pretty incredible, but I want to talk first, mostly because I'm a fan of the fake sugar. Like I get the unsweet tea with lots of Splenda. I love that the XFL kickoff was conceived using Splenda, sweet and low and a sugar packet. Yeah. So that, that was um, one of the more interesting pieces we did. Uh, we knew that we had to change the kickoff. You know, we brought in a bunch of experts and we looked at every way you can revise the kickoff. Um, and it, the impetus was getting the doctors to tell us what really was the problem. And it was the long collisions, the long run up. You'll never be able to truly avoid. You can teach technique. And a lot of injuries and problems come from poor technique, but you can never not teach people to collide at 35 yards full sprint, right? So, um, we knew that was the problem to solve for, not necessarily get rid of the play. Um, and, you know, we kept going through different ideas of what we can do. The Shiano rule, I think you've written about that before. Yep. That was um, something interesting, but we wanted to keep that kickoff, that stationary ball aspect. And one day, Oliver, you know, he's doing meetings with every TV network possible to try and get someone to pick us up. This is before Fox and ESPN had entered the picture. And um, he walks up to my desk and says, you know what? Just take a look at the kickoff when the ball is caught. Let's see what that looks like. Watched about 100-plus clips. You know, it's probably three of us in the office at the time. And we just paused it, and we saw, okay, it's pretty much the same every time, three to seven yards apart, depending on the team. Um, Let's start the kickoff there. But he had a meeting that next day. So I didn't have enough time to put together a deck together. So we practiced in the, uh, the room. We got as, you know, a sugar packet was the ball. Um, that was the white one. And then we had the sweet and low versus the Splenda, right? The pink and the yellow. And uh, I, I said, hey, 
take this, go meet with, you know, Turner at the time, I think it was, go meet with them and then lay it on the table. And I have a great email that says, after I sent back the, uh, the PowerPoint presentation, the guy was like, yeah, this is better than sugar packets. It was a pretty funny email that I was able to find later. Well, I, I just hope that, that Splenda covered that kickoff well. I, I, I have faith in Splenda. I feel like Splenda gives you better coverage than Sweet and Low. You know, Sweet and Low was running a, a little cross-block technique. Um, so oh, okay. they, 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 had, they had some interesting trap opportunities. We saw uh, Dallas run that in week five. So it was That's pretty, exactly right. They, and, they and, stole that from Splenda. That's what I love because the first, the first week, I remember watching it, and, and somebody had – I wasn't watching the first game that was on somebody who you know follows me on Twitter and knows how I feel about the kickoff and that it needs to change. And they, they said, you need to watch this. And they, they included a video clip of it. And I was like, oh, my God. So then I immediately turn on the games that were on. And it was like, this is perfect because you get all of the stuff that you want out of it. And you actually probably have a little better chance of, of maybe returning it for a touchdown or breaking a long one. But you don't have those collisions where guys are running thirty yards before they hit somebody. Yeah, and, and it, it really your former O lineman. Um, so when you look at it, it was great. It was being down in Mississippi the first time we got to see it live when we tested with the two JUCOs, Mississippi Gulf Coast and uh, Pearl River. And I remember the first time we did it, and my buddy Brian killing me. He looks at me, he goes, "What do you think is going to happen?" I have like, I have no clue. And then we saw it, and the JUCO coaches were trying some interesting things, and it was really more like a inside zone to outside zone play. It was like a guaranteed run play, almost like Adrian Peterson is back there because instead of at seven yards, he's at nine, 11 yards, right? Right. And so Adrian, it, Adrian, because he was superhuman and the Oklahoma coaches didn't know what to do with him. But yeah. yes, we, Adrian, we can't slow you down. So we're going to start you back at nine yards where everyone starts at seven. So that, you know, that was kind of how it was. And we got to see all these things. And then we said, okay, let's start looking at this, not as a special teams coach where we have drop points because we, we didn't let our players drop more than five yards before they re-engaged. Um, that because we don't want to recreate the collision. Uh, so we was just said, Hey, let's start drawing up some run plays, some reverses, some double reverses. Let's try the, try the Frank Wycheck throwback. So in our rules <laughs> testing pr- process, which that does not work. Um, hopefully no, no home run throwback. No, you know, you know, it was funny cause you can't get the guys to run up enough because they're not at full speed. It's really, you know, everyone's a linebacker on defense. So those plays work really well because it's hard to get everyone to get sucked up into the uh, to the ball carrier. So, you know, we had, before we gave it to our, our true coaches, we had tested probably 200 versions of the kickoff, you know, cross block. Um, we tried running games against it, you know, and seeing where it worked, what personnel. We tried it with all linemen up front versus all D linemen. And then we gave it to the coach and said, go carte blanche. Look at some of the video, but try and get imaginative. And as we got to week five, uh, there was a lot more imagination taking place because they went from, okay, we're just going to base block this to, hey, what if we double L3 to then you saw the reverse in St. Louis and then ultimately cross block, which was really hit or miss. Um, That was pretty interesting. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving New Year's a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs for this Thursday's football contest. Get it on Thursday night's single-game showdown as easy. All you have to do is download DraftKings using the promo code MAZE. 
Draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now and start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code MAZE will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the first game like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code MAZE. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code MAZE, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You had some really good brain power working on this stuff with you guys in the office, and then when you gave it to the coaches, you're giving it to Bob Stoops, you're giving it to, to former NFL head coach like Mark Tressman had been an NFL head coach. I mean, these are guys that, that know a lot of football. How exciting was it to see them kind of get their hands on something and then use that ingenuity on it? So I'm going to go a little soapbox here. It's a labor. This was probably the biggest labor of love is because we hired a lot of great coaches and they didn't become great coaches necessarily by giving them new rules. They have figured out that game that we gave them. And so when we change punt and kickoff for a guy like Bob Stoops and Jonathan Hayes, two of the best special teams coaches, they're a little upset. I make my money I'm sure, yeah. dominating this piece. You know, it's a why it's hard for me to imagine a competition committee with coaches that go against those rules, right? The coaches that are part, that have to execute the game should not be on the competition committee because their job is to maintain the game that makes them win. And so I get to, you know, my road show with all the coaches. Every time we meet with them, we met with them starting in uh, some with February um, of 2019, then everyone in April and June meeting with all these coaches. And they pretty much hated most of the rules that we had. Um, and, it was and everybody hated your original overtime, right? With with teams on both sides of the field, snap the ball, run the play, and then it ends and the next side snaps the ball and runs the play. Other than me and my brother, yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> just like that one. You know, that, you know, we had it split field um, because uh, on the overtime, because in college football, you know, I played a triple overtime game against USC. I was there. Was, yeah, so if you're in the Coliseum, and you're sitting on the opposite end zone from the end zone that's taking place. You're in Inglewood while you're in L.A. County, you know, or L.A. proper. You, you may as well be at Roscoe's because then at least right. you'd have chicken and waffles because you exactly. can't see anything. Yeah. So my brother, I was a little dot for my brother. So this concept was let's make the stadium have equal aspects of it. And we were on a time crunch. Our One of our biggest impetus was to be under three hours. You know, Oliver brought up the Heidi game all the time. So we didn't want to be kicked off TV, the most exciting part. So. I was trying to trim the fat there. TV kind of let us have a little bit more buffer, um, which let us stay on one side because I know I can speed up the game if I'm guaranteed to have the other teams lined up on the other side of the field versus now there's no guarantee to speed up the game if you haven't subbed in the same well, side. Well, the, the, the play-to-play aspect of it I think would have been really interesting because the offense from, from one team and the defense from the other team are down on one side of the field watching their defense play the other team's offense, and you just saw that play, and, and so maybe it was – uh, we'll go back to the that national championship game. Maybe it was a sack for a loss of 16 yards, and it maybe changes the way the the offense runs the play on the other side. You know, and, and you 
Concept-wise, yes. Uh, you should be agnostic to what the other team does because there's no extra down and distance that you're gaining. There's no situational football that's changed by what the other team does, but we're humans. You know, when you bring data into the game, and I'm very data-driven and data-focused, but when it's there are still humans, there's still heart rates that take place. There's still people like, oh, now I know I can win if I score here. You see it in soccer all the time with how they do penalty kicks, which is a variation of what we were doing. Um about how that plays into it. Uh, so it, it could make an impact, but, you know, it was it was just such a fun concept, but officiating and then television and review. You know, we had four officials. We split the group each way, and you have five eligibles. So D- Didn't somebody know. pull a hammy trying to run back and forth when you were originally trying to get the crew <laughs> well, back well, down the field? You know, I love officials. Um I think we were one of the first leagues that really brought officiating process into the gameplay changes, not just the rules and the, and the, right. and the execution of the rules. That was a big thing for us. And there's some of the most interesting people in the world. Um, uh, but there's also a hierarchy. So the back judge, the first time we ran our overtime, the back judge was the youngest guy. So they made him run because we wanted all eight on one side. He was right. 120 yards. And I was saying to the umpire, why don't you just cross train him and have him be there? He was like, but then I got to run. I only run. <laughs> then I got to run. Exactly. I'm not doing that. So, you know, we had him switch it and go, let's just go four and four. Um, and we had it because, because you games used to be officiated with four officials. Right. Um, and then we High have school the swing. Games, yeah. We have the swing official up in the review booth and we have every camera angle. So we thought, okay, if every play is reviewed anyway, every play is a scoring play, we could get away with this. Uh, we have a 20 second buffer for TV between plays anyways. But it's still not officiated correctly because it's there's five el- eligibles, and you know everyone's going to go five wide. It's eighty percent past the five yard line, and they're going to run picks on every play because that's what you do there. So you, you can't a- honestly cover it correctly without having, you know, eight officials there. So when you watch football now, and, and has it changed now that you've been involved in the process of? making rules for a league would do you watch it differently do you watch the officiating differently do you watch the gameplay differently yeah absolutely so i've always you know let's be honest my last name's schwartzstein so i had to play football a little bit differently than everybody else did and um so i always watched the game a little bit different to see what i could get away with when i played um so i was pretty infamous um for moving the ball forward on fourth down um, in my snap, but you know, I, you were a center, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and, and a lot of first downs gained. I think no one's earned more offsides for the defense than I have. Um, shout out to Notre Dame for sending all those clips in before that game, 2012. So, um, Hey, they, somebody you know, noticed. Yeah. You know, they noticed <laughs> every play. I got Sean Hockley telling me not to move the ball up. Um, but you know, I'd always watch the game a little differently, but now the hardest part for me was changing the timing rules. There are 51 minutes, 52 minutes of commercials um, in the game. And then you add the about or 14 minutes of halftime in the NFL. Um, So about an hour extra time. And so I had to trim down game time, but also get play count in. And so my constant, the way I watch football games is I'm constantly seeing how long is it taking to spot the ball? How long is it taking to, uh, to get the snap off, how long is it taking at the line of scrimmage? Because we had to crunch all that math. And when I first started, we didn't have a team. So I was watching every single game going through and, and calculating when that time was. Then it became Brian Kilmeade. Then we had a team grow with Eric Galco. And we got the Syracuse Analytics Club to kind of break all these games down with us. Then we started working on PFF. 
but I still can't watch the game without going and doing it. I had a buddy who was like, Hey, I'm going to visit my sister at Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to go to the game. You know, we're going to have a good time party. And I go, well, Hey, can you watch how long it takes to spot the ball for me? Yeah. Can, you, can you just start your, your timer between, you know, when the ball gets blown dead and let me know when it snapped next. But, yeah. but I, I'm curious about that because, you know, one of the things as, as we've seen a lot of college concepts move to the NFL is we haven't seen the tempo move. And from what I've always been told, it's because the officials have so much more control in the NFL over spotting of the ball and, and ready for play. And is that something that you could see changing over time? Or are they, are they going to be able to control that to keep teams from going warp speed? You know, it, it, they, they, they have good math, too. Um, they like their game at the NFL. It's about 49 points, 50 points a game per game. And they're comfortable with their play count, right? So there, there was time, there was game time, right? Um, one minute of game time equals three minutes of real time on an average basis. The last two minutes are different, right? Which gives you um, a three-hour game, yeah. Right. And then you add the 12 minutes for true time. Then we have true time at halftime, right? They had 14 minutes, and that's where the NFL gets their three-hour and 14-minute game. So we had to find out, you know, we had to be three hours with the same play count because we wanted the same scoring. We knew we would lose about three points per game with our extra point rules. Um, so we wanted to add in an extra play. We got, we were getting there to our average points game being around 50 by our last week. Um, you know, we have a 30 pointer and a 70 pointer um, uh, or an 80 pointer in the last week, but you know, we we're getting closer to that score score count but the nfl likes how they score and they like the amount of big plays they have they know how to get there they know how many penalties they're going to get um their game will get longer the more plays they add based on their timing rules so they don't want to add more plays they don't want chip kelly to come in and run his offense that way because they like their game time and they're trying to get below three hours so they're like we want to get below three hours and they get to 312 so here's my math i go all right my goal is 245 knowing i'll be at three Right. And I had 251. Right. Was was my game it, time. It, it's amazing to me, the TV window thing. It's such a big deal. And, and you, as a fan, you don't think about it. I remember talking to a TV executive and he was telling me how much he loved college softball. And I said, why? why do He's like natural commercial breaks, always done in less than two hours. Great pacing. Perfect TV game. And I was like, it, I it, never thought of it that way. It is. So I am a huge college softball fan. My girlfriend, Jenna Becerra, hosts a podcast, Believe in Softball. I'll subscribe, download, rate. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> that is, I, listen, that is the best boyfriend plug. The most natural boyfriend plug I have ever. I, we did not set this up beforehand. I'm telling you right now. No, but, uh, it's a great sport. And I, I took a lot of what they had in their game because I've become a huge fan. I was a bad boyfriend in college. Didn't go to too many games. Mr. Mister hit back-to-back grand slams. But in co- afterwards, yeah, no, not good. Uh, ten years later, still hear about it. But not now, even the best athlete in the house, right? Exactly. And now, what we what I took from it is they have great timing, great pacing. They have true stars. So college softball, less um, international or NPF, or now athletes unlimited. They have true stars. Rachel Garcia, she pitches all three games every weekend, right? And she You're, also bats. Do- dominant pitchers and sluggers. Right. Because the game the games turn on home runs or suicide squeezes. But right. it, it's and, it's exciting either way. 
And so we took that concept and said, let's, let's make our quarterback that way. Quarterback is super dominant in the NFL, but we see teams, you know, Trent Dilfer's of the world, no respect, but, you know, their defenses can win too. But we want to make an offensive-focused game. We want to focus our best scouting and our best pay and our pay skill to that quarterback position. Um, our differential in pay scale for the quarterback versus the other positions was a little bit even more drastic than the NFL is with some of their superstars. So we wanted to say, we're going to go out and we're going to chase great quarterback play because what makes the USFL great and what made the AFL great and what made um, the original XFL LA team great was those star quarterbacks, right? And so that's how you can map out your personnel. And Eric Galco and his team, they did a great job trying to find those diamonds in the rough um, and then pairing them with the quarterback, the coaches early enough to let them learn that system because learning a football in six weeks is really hard. Time to talk about one of my favorite treats, chicken ribs. That's right, chicken ribs. It's chicken made to eat like a pork rib. Specially cut thigh, one bone left running through it. You eat it off the bone like a rib. It's smothered in pork rub, but 75% less calories and fat. It's great. They come vacuum-packed straight from the smokehouse. You thaw them out. You throw them in your air fryer or on your grill for a few minutes. Maybe kiss it with a little barbecue sauce after that. Give it another minute or two. Let it get that glaze going, that candy paint, and then you eat it up. It is tremendous. Great barbecue takes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse. Chicken ribs are authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com and use the code Andy to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. That's chickenribs.com, code Andy for $10 off plus two-day shipping. Good football day one was a goal, right? That was a, one of the things that you guys put on the board immediately, and and you and you had it. You yeah, it looked th- like they'd been practicing a lot. Yeah, and that was hard for them. We 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 were doing Zoom meetings from when the players were drafted, right? No one was forced yeah. to do that. But you we guys were very Zoom. ahead of the curve on Zoom. Your draft was on Zoom. Yes, uh, it was very funny. I have a background in live streaming. Um, got my master's at Stanford in media studies, so they 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 didn't know how to do it. Everyone in the business side. Um, and so I said, screw it. Like, let me just fiddle with it. And so that kind of went up live um, on our choice <laughs> football side, trying to be like, let's, let's try and do this. And then it's like, Oh crap. A lot of people are watching. It was a, our most watched video was our draft and people were poking fun at it, that it was a, that it was a, just a screen capture of a screen. And it was my screen that, you know, as I was running the zoom and running the draft at the same time. And uh, but it was still fun. People got to see when people got drafted, you had the players tweeting out I'm excited to get drafted. We had the most convoluted draft ever, but it was all for parity. You know, each segment we drafted by position group instead of drafting the entire offense or everyone at once. This way we could have positional fairness as well as um, overall team fairness. It it is amazing. So now you've okay. so we've talked about how big a softball fan you are. You mentioned soccer earlier. I noticed before we started recording, you were tweeting that you were watching Formula One. You watch a lot of different sports. Are you watching those with an eye on for my next job? How can I use something they're doing either in their TV broadcast or or just in in the way they play their game to make football better? So I have always I'm you know Josh Rosen his worst scouting report part of him I think times change but Josh Rosen was he asked why too much 
Very I, timely Josh yeah. Rosen reference too yeah. <laughs> for today. You know, I, I was a problem for my coaches too uh, because I wanted to know why on everything. And I've always wanted to know why. And everyone does things by default. There, there's a reason why they do it, right? Why is it seven innings instead of nine innings in softball for game timing, right? That's a very simple thing to get the game shorter. Um, but it messes up how you do your batting order because there's not guarantee that everyone gets up three times. So Yeah, so you want to front load your, your top three have to be your best hitters. And you're and not you, going to uh, put a cleanup hitter – is it doesn't mean the same thing. Well, your your eighth and ninth are slappers a lot of times because that happens to be up in the eighth inning, right? Or seventh inning, or seventh inning happens to be there, right? Because you're not having everyone go through, even if you're and getting they hit, can, so. and they can get on base, and then you got your best hitters coming up to knock them in, right? So it's a little bit different versus trying to f- do a little bit of that middle of your order is not necessarily as important as the timeliness of that back in order. So I've been doing a lot of watching, and I was. I was very fortunate to find a job in my lifetime that was perfect for me because I've been huge into esports too, um, and finding out what they're doing and how they grow. And that was a big reason why we did this. And the original pitch I had for the XFL was to all be in one location the entire year, but also have team names of cities. You and I talked about this over DM a few weeks ago because I I am of the opinion, and this this derives from my opinion of bowl games. I. I there was a time when I felt like the Bulls had too much influence on college football. They don't have it anymore. But I always told, I, I would always ask like Mike Sly when he was commissioner of the SEC, you know, it doesn't matter where you play that game. You could play it on a high school field in the middle of Tennessee as long as you had Michigan and Florida playing in it. They don't, TV doesn't care. Like, why do, why do they have to be at the, at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando? Why does that matter? And after a while, the, the people were like, well, it doesn't really matter so I, I i wondered that with the pro sports because people are so player focused now uh especially like nba fans are very player focused so could it work in a bubble where you didn't have that that city id yeah and that and that was kind of the concept of uh in overwatch league in um, for activision blizzard they had there when they released the teams there was the new york excelsior um every player was from korea and they never lived in new york Right. So there was no true tie. But when you talk to fans and I spent a lot of time talking to fans of every every sport, um, my brother got me into F1 and they said, I said, why'd you pick um, New York? Well, normally it's because you followed a player who is streaming and they, he's on a team. He's like, oh, I'm from New York. So I figured I'd pick them. I was like, yeah, they never seen they, they'd never been there. Why would you pick them? Yeah, like, well, I'm from New York. I root for the Rangers. I root for the Giants. I'm rooting for the Excelsior. And so I took that concept of we have no true brand equity. Selling tickets is really hard, um, especially in some cold climates. And so why don't we try this bubble concept to build, to be able to get there? Now, bubble became a term to use. Um, everyone knows training camp's hard already. So, you know, who knows how, what the lifespan of before you get cabin fever of a bubble would be. Um, so it's a little bit Harder, is, I guess. This is way pre-pandemic, so the the, yeah, the idea is, of what the NBA is doing was nobody had even thought about that. Yeah, this was June twenty or July twenty eighteen was when we first came up with this concept. It was to, to borrow a little bit of esports, but yeah, every sport. And you know, when you talk about F one, they do a lot of stuff in F one to enable overtaking. Right? They have problems with you know the Mercedes team being so good, but they have some things where you have to change your tires at least once. You have to use two different tires. The tires make the, the hardness of the tires allows for okay if someone's on a soft tire with a worse car they can overtake someone on a hard tire with a better car 
And so there's different things that they do to try and get passing to be influenced. So, you know, you may think of it as, oh, they just Pirelli wants to show their cars, their tires. But the way I watch it is they have a purpose for what they're trying to do. They want to have overtakes. And so that's where their DRS system comes in and all these different things to enable that part of their game. So that's how I've pretty much always watched. But now having lived it, you know, forever, it's like now I look at that. I look at teams on why teams are doing certain things. And it's just it, it's fun to watch the game that way. So college and pro football. As you've now, as you're now watching it in this way, and you obviously have your your own playing experience to, to guide you as well. But what are some of the the things that you've seen in the college and the pro game in the last five years that are your favorite innovations, offensively, defensively, personnel wise? What what have you liked? Um, so the one that gave me the most fits, and I didn't know how to solve for it, um, was simulation pressures. I think t- defenses are get really good at how they beat empty and um, with their empty checks and then how they beat, you know, how do I get a free rusher with rushing only one person and Clemson and venerables. They're amazing at it. Um, having every player take a step up and then drop um, that on the defensive side, that gives me fits. I don't know how I would solve for it. So at one point we had a blitz rule. I hated blitz rules in AAF. And so I didn't make a blitz rule. I made it so, know who's coming rule because as a center I have to ID who the point is I have to look at safety rotation and try and find out who's coming so we wanted to make it so you couldn't do simulation pressures so that you we could have enough people rushing the quarterback and this and the O-line would know who's coming we ended up saying no because there's it's too hard to officiate we don't want to add that on top of it um but that sounds like the, the, the old NBA illegal defense rule <laughs> Right. And, th- and that's, that's really what it is. It's like, you know, we, we, we were going to say, if you had your hand in the dirt, you had to come. And if you had your, you had to have three players with your hand in the dirt. So it was saying you had to have a certain amount of people blitz instead of the opposite, which is what the AAF did was oh, oh, limit the amount and who can blitz. And that was the, the portion to say, okay, the O-line is always going to know where these certain players are coming from. We can ID the defense a little bit better because we were playing with pro hashes, college hashes, are worse for offense because you take away one part of the field, but they're also better for offense because you, they have to rotate. If you run trips to the field, they have to rotate because that field is so big. So we played an entire game. Greg Roman was my coordinator in 2009 and 2010. Now we ran an entire game running um, a green right slot and running formation to the sideline because Akeem Ayers walked all the way out because he had to. We got right. a guy out of the box. Yeah, I mean, that, that's – and that's a lot of what college offenses are. I mean, I, I always talk about the one Baylor ran in the early part of, of the last decade, and it was essentially the reason they put the receivers out wide of the numbers was to make you put your safety somewhere, and as soon as they saw where your safety lined up, they knew what you were doing, and they knew what they were doing. I mean, it was, it was that simple. The quarterback looked up, where are the safeties? Okay, we're running. <laughs> that's that's right. it. It, it. It's simple. And then, and then the, you know, I talked to Kevin Reiner a lot. He's one of my uh, players with me at Stanford. He's now the um, run game coordinator at ODU. And what, when a quarterback can run the threat of a quarterback running, what that does to a defense is crazy. And it was no surprise to me that after Danny Etling had been in India at uh, the Patriots, that Cam Newton would go there because I think they're going to try a lot of that, not necessarily run cam a lot, but you have to account for him in your yeah, account. The, th- the threat. We'll be right back to the show, but first we've got to talk about home field apparel. That is the most comfortable shirt you ever wore 
with the coolest old school logo from your favorite school. Indiana fan, Mississippi State fan, Purdue fan, Colorado School of Mind fans, they got you covered. And right now, if you're a Syracuse fan, get yourself to homefieldapparel.com. So much auto the orange merchandise. It's brand new. It's so cool. The best logos, not the corporate stuff you can get now that's boring and approved by a bunch of focus groups. No, this is the good stuff that came out in the 40s and the 50s and the 70s and the 80s. We skipped the 60s. I don't know why, but no. These are logos from throughout the history of your school, and they are so much cooler than anything else you can get now, and Homefield Apparel puts it on the most comfortable t-shirts and sweatshirts that you will ever find in your life. So show some school spirit for your favorite team or for your alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. College football is back, baby! That's homefieldapparel.com and use code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. I remember when Urban Meyer got to Florida, I was a beat writer for the Tampa Tribune covering Florida, and he would always talk about plussing them in the box. And anytime the quarterback is a runner, you essentially, because the way the counts usually work are you take the quarterback out of it, and then it's this many blockers against this many defenders, and then a ball carrier. When the quarterback is a potential ball carrier, it totally screws up the defense's numbers. Yeah, and, and that's and that's that's the beauty of it. And then seeing how what the in the in the NFL how what Greg Roman's doing now versus what he did at the Niners and Stanford when um, he took the offense you know in 2009 uh, the number one rushing offense was Nevada I mean outside probably the academies and that Harbaugh sent all of our coaches to Chris Alt to say how do we do this thing watching Kaepernick practice La Pistola now, yeah right and you know, it was so for your alignments, so you'll appreciate this. They came back and we installed it in that sec- second half of spring ball. Hey, we're going to run. It's called 15 arc. We're going to run it like 95 zone, but we're going to use play calls from 93 lead. And so we were also confused. <laughs> that is very confusing. And really at the end of the day, it's running um, a backside version of duo. And so for the listeners, you know, when you're normally running – why the pistol's different is when for the defense is normally the exchange is coming from the side. And so the, the running back's track is lateral. So you as a running, as a linebacker are tracking someone lateral. Now the pistol, all the down blocks or, or the blocks combinations are coming at you. So they're in your lap right away, much like duo. So you have to read that much like duo, but it's happening too fast for you to be able to read that coming out the other way. It's, it's almost like playing as a triple option for a linebacker where everything just comes flying straight at you. And if you're not in the gap you're supposed to be in, you're just getting washed out. <laughs> right. And, 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 then, and then what he's added with this, you know, adding more motion, we had a big check with me offense at Stanford. You know, when you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback, you can go. We had four plays on every play call. And, you know, so we we're always in the perfect play. Now, by using the pre-snap motion, they kind of eliminated the need for that because they're telling a story pre-snap. They're doing everything in the gun. They're telling a story, and then when you add you know, motion one across the formation to the right, and now you're running the arc release out of your fullback to the left, you're getting even more plus one out there when you're running the quarterback. And they've done so many cool things on how they've evolved this offense from where we were at a you know, power-heavy offense at Stanford to now watching Giro 
kind of become the maestro in the NFL. And, you know, they're still doing some basic stuff. And, and, and everything that he's done and at, it's in Stanford, too, is we telegraph everything. It's 89% of the balls go to the tight end. You know, like it, it, it's still there's still some easy things you can figure out, but it's still hard for the defense because there's so much window dressing on it. Well, and there's also a lot of really good players doing their jobs really well. And that's the part I think a lot of people and and people always ask me about Alabama, like they must run some incredibly fancy defenses. I'm like, actually, when you ask their opposing coaches who play them, they'll call them the simplest team they play because they're just better. They just know they're going to do the job. And so they don't really have to get too fancy. So it's it's with with what Roman's doing. He's got so the talent he's got right now is incredible. That's a lot to right. play with. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, my biggest fear as a center was playing the teams that had really bad records because the defense had to blitz more because they weren't getting pressure up front with four. So they would come in swinging in on vines. You know, Oregon State was the biggest defender of it. If Oregon State was undefeated, they were running a 4-3 and they were going to blitz 10% of the time. They were had a losing record. They were going to blitz seventy five percent of the time. And you had no idea where they're coming. No from. clue. Exactly. Well, that's like uh, you know. I remember Tony Gibson when he was at West Virginia. He's at, at NC State now, talking about trying to deal with all the air raid offenses. At a certain point, if, if you didn't have the the right personnel, if if you just didn't have the people, you element of surprise was your only chance. So he would do. I'm bringing three, or I'm bringing eight, and I'm not telling you which one it's going to be. And that's it. And hopefully. We'll guess right more than you guess right. Yeah, and 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 in using probably the what's what's been great evolution on football in general was this what you put in the program as positions and rosters isn't what you show on field, right? It's, uh, it's the know, NBA. It's positionless. And and you know like uh, I used to joke like all the young guys were like how do I find the mic in the mic point? I would just say okay, who's in the program? He's going to be the mic majority of the time. <laughs> you know, like it's exactly. but but that's not how it works anymore. You know, that's that is there are there are positions that are so different and they can do so many things and I remember we lost to Washington and it was largely because they put their their starting D end at Sam. And I was oh, wow. like who the hell is that? Why, why is he there? <laughs> and so for three series, I was like, I don't know who. who and they, they normally ran a three-four um, over, which was just a wild thing. You know, Wilcox is an amazing coach. He was at the D corner at the time, and you know they they came out in a four-four goal line defense with a D end at the stand-up Sam. And I was like, what what, what are we doing here, guys? Like, are we supposed to beat this thing? And 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 that's for me when I saw a lot of people. Mike McIntyre did it too against us at San Jose State that year. A lot of teams are starting to figure out, let me get this other team uncomfortable. Let me get them out of their comfort zone. And that's really what, if you look at data in sports, is it just tells you do something that the other team doesn't like you to do. And that's what you should do. Not necessarily run play action every time. Teams, you know, that's not what the data is telling you. It's telling you do something that gets me off my game. Well, Sam, you are very on your game today. We got to have you back to analyze rules to analyze gameplay all this stuff and i realize your next big thing may be just around the corner so we're gonna snag you before that happens and and then we have to go through 18 pr people to get to you but (laughs) yeah this is awesome this is fun (laughs) thank you so much sam it it, it was a blast and thank you for that kickoff because I, i still think it is gonna be the kickoff that we know in football for the next 20 30 years i hope so too 95 percent return rate over 
30% return rate with no injuries. Go splendid packets. Go splendid packets. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. All right.